Isn't that working right? Uh, I'll reband my, my file. Is that on? Okay. Why isn't it moving? There you go. Uh, our sermon series is about being encouraged. So the first uh, Sunday, I talk about how to be an encourager, like Anisiphorus uh, that we met in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And last Sunday, let's continue, talked about the Christian life being one of being a soldier. We've got to be strong. We, that Christianity is not for weaklings. It's for people who want to be uh, committed to do warfare, to join God's army. And today, we can talk about how to be useful. Okay? Who, wants here, who here desires to be used by God in whatever way? I guess most of us want to have a life of significance. Right? You want to know why God put you on this earth. Right? So, today we're going to talk about that. But before that, I um, just have a confession to make. One of the more popular tools I have is my Swiss knife. You know, it's, it's useful. Lots of things that you can do with a Swiss knife. So, I, but I don't like Swiss food, right? Because it's tasteless. Okay? What I like is Japanese food. Okay? I like Japanese food. The thing about the Japanese is that they have, they're very creative. They invent a lot of things. But a lot of these things that they, they make and they produce and they market are useless for common day use. Okay? I wanted just to show you a couple of things to uh, just perk you up this morning, wake you up. What are the things that they have invented? Why is it moving? Uh, tested it earlier. Okay, what do you think that is? The perfect. Still goes there. Yeah, you, why don't you control it? Yeah, it's a perfect eye drop guard. <laughs> okay. Second, what do you got? What do you think that is? All right. <laughs> okay. Next uh, slide. Okay. It's a subway anti-head drop guard. Okay. I wish they invented something so that you don't drool over your seatmate. Ah, noodle cooling fan. Okay. Some of you might need that. <laughs> okay. Self-explanatory diet water. Are you kidding me? Right. Wow. Noodle eater hair guard. Okay. Some more. Okay, <laughs> right, those of you who have allergies, Ruben. Head mounted toilet paper hat. No more. Okay. What do you think that is? <laughs> it's for Papang. It's called a ten in one. Go ahead. 
gardening tool. Okay, that might be useful for some. Ah, look at that. You want to go to an interview? <laughs> Job interview wearing that? An umbrella tie. Eh, deadpan slippers? Dustpan slippers, rather. And, wow, look at that. Subway chin rest. <laughs> All right. Okay. Multipurpose eating glove. Yeah. Do you see the, you see the gloves? Right here. Okay. Now, this is my favorite, okay? Wait, okay. Don't, don't fast forward. I want you to try to guess, what is this product for? What is the purpose of that? I laughed so hard when I found out what the purpose is. Okay, it looks like a vending machine, right? What for? Okay, next slide. It's a Japanese anti-rape disguise. Okay. <laughs> so when you're about to be raped, just put that on, and you look like a Coca-Cola machine. <laughs> All right. So, I don't want to be useless in the kingdom of God. I want to be useful. Um, maybe I, I, can, I can just start by just sharing with you my, my, my journey in, in the Christian life. Uh, how I was led by God to be used in His, His kingdom. Uh, most of you know I was, I was saved through a 700 club broadcast. I was only in the first, first year college. Uh, so I, I did repent of my sins, accepted Christ. But then I wasn't discipled because I wasn't part of any church family. So it took me many years of church hopping, you know, trying to read the Bible on my own. No one to guide me. But then... Uh, later on, about when I was 27, that's the only time I found out that I need to be baptized. I need to follow what the Word of God says, of being a disciple, of obeying His command to be baptized. And soon after that, my wife, uh, we got married, had kids, but still, I was, I was trying to find out my purpose in life. Why? Why? You got to, to know that I was born in America. Eh? I was born in America, but as a baby, we went back home to the Philippines. So the next time I came back for an extended stay was when I was 43 years old. I went back because our pastor in the Philippines encouraged me to take up seminary as a preparation for me to serve as a pastor. And so when I did that, the Lord was just preparing me to serve Him. Okay? So it took many years of trying to discern His will. But I think that the key was that I became obedient to the Lord. Okay? And you know what? I, I, I want to give you, a, uh, I want to confess something. I now know why I was born in America. Because the Lord already had a plan for me to plant a church here in America. Just one church. 
And it, this is this, this church. And that's why even when I went away for three years in the Philippines, after serving for seven years, I still was thinking of you, this church. I was still thinking of each one of you. Although out of sight, but not out of mind. So I, I, want, to, I want to urge you this morning, as we study the scriptures, to look into these principles. Lord, how can I be useful to you, to your kingdom? Okay. But first thing first, how can you be useful? Well, first of, first of all, is that you must be a child of God or, you know, a son or a daughter of God. You must belong to his family to be used by him. Okay? Bible says that we are saved not by our own works, but it is by grace, his grace that he has given us through our faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. So if you are saved this morning, if you, think, you know you've repented of your sins, you uh, believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, you belong to his family. And so you are, God is preparing you for these good works that you will perform for him. Okay? So our scripture reading is for 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 26. I ask everyone to stand in reverence for the reading of the word of God. Let's read it together. Okay. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. You may be seated. Still not working. Can we pray? Yeah. Ask everyone to bow their heads as we pray for our message this morning. Father God, thank you for giving us your word today. Lord, you saved us for a purpose of worshiping you, of giving all that we have Surrendering everything to do your will. Lord, we want to be used today and every day in our lives. But 
It's very clear, Lord, that you, you says that, say in your word that we are to abide in you. We are to be joined to you, to the vine. You said that we are the branches. And your will, perfect will, is that we should bear fruit, much fruit. And when we bear much fruit, that gives glory to you. Lord, may we confess our sins of self-righteousness, sins of pride, Lord, that obstruct our usefulness to the kingdom. Lord, join our hearts together. May the Holy Spirit, Lord, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, so, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, all right? And uh, let's keep on. We'll look at some of the principles. You want to be a, a useful servant of the Lord? There are five principles that I see in this passage. Keep on going. That will make us useful. Okay? The first one is that we have to have a pure fellowship. Okay? Pure fellowship. Now, in verse 20, the Apostle Paul says, in a large house, okay, and he's referring to the church. Now, how do we know that he's talking about the church? Because in the previous verse, in verse 19, Okay? It's written, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. Okay? What is that solid foundation? It is Jesus Christ Church. It says, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are His. Okay? So, these are the true believers. And then, it adds, and everyone who is a true believer, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness, okay? So the first principle is this. You want to be used by God in His service. You must be a clean vessel. Okay? Clean. Now, he uses this illustration. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. So, in any house, okay, there are, there are uh, silverware or china that are precious, right? That you only serve on special occasions, okay, that you keep and that you really find very precious to you. You take care of them, okay? You polish them, make sure they're presentable. But in any, in any household, there are also things that you use for discarding, okay? Garbage or rubbish, right? Like trash, uh, garbage bins, okay? You don't show garbage bins in front of your house, right? You hide them as much as possible, okay? So what the Apostle Paul is saying is this. This is his, uh, it's like his analogy. If a man cleanses himself from these Rubbish things, okay? 
He will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master. Okay? So to be useful, first, is that we are to cleanse ourselves from the things that defile us. Now, what are these things? He, he mentioned a couple of them in the earlier verses. He said, don't quarrel about words. Don't listen to these arguments that are petty. Okay? He said that in verse 14. It, because it only ruins those who listen. What did he, else did he say? You know, don't listen to teaching that is unbiblical. Because that is like gangrene. It will spread very quickly. So the Apostle Paul says, we are to shun or to stay away from these things that defile us. So he says, you have to have a pure fellowship. Any pure church Okay, that names the name of Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, must practice two things. First one is discipleship and discipline, okay, if necessary. Discipleship is simply teaching the followers, the, the Christians, what Jesus Christ is teaching. What are His commands? What are the things He expects of His followers to do so we are to teach them okay not just the basic truths about loving one another forgiving your enemies undergoing baptism okay uh, remembering him through the communion elements so those are some of the things teaching them about you know the new birth teaching them about heaven and hell these are part of discipleship, teaching them, you know, hospitality, fellowship, worship. But there's another side of it. While we're still on this earth, while we're still living here, while we're still part of a church, there are times that there are things that would defile us. There are things that some brothers and sisters may fall into the trap of sin. And we are not to turn a blind eye to the sin because God's church is holy. He desires His church to be pure. If we turn a blind eye to sin, we are saying, you know, we are in fact insulting God. And so, Difficult as it may be, discipline is important. And, you know, our church has gone through that. It is hard. It is painful. But it is necessary. For this is what the Lord commands us. Now, the purpose of discipline, okay, is holiness of the person being disciplined. Okay? And once that person repents of his or her sin and they return to God, okay, they are restored 
to the fellowship. Discipline is not just punishment. Punishment may include part of the discipline. But the end goal is restoration. However, there are some, and this is not just among Filipinos, it includes everyone, who do not want to be subject to discipline. And what do they do? They just leave the church. Some leave mad. Some just don't show up anymore. Now, as a pastor, I have had some heartaches with people who just left. Because I've always wanted to know, why did you leave? It breaks my heart. You know? Is it because of me? Is it because of my teaching? So, here, okay, there are several reasons that are being given why people leave the church. Some say, you know, because, Pastor, I'm moving to another location. I'm relocating my job, so I can't, it's not feasible for me. And I understand that. You go to another state, well, we bless you. We ask that the Lord will guide you, find another family, another church family. But there are some reasons that are not good. Like when they have some misunderstandings in the church. Instead of working it out or sorting it together through the conflict, they just leave angry. And that's not something that is good. Okay? So I'll give you maybe three reasons. What would be a good Really, good reason to move to another church or to leave a certain church. The first one is this. Okay? The pastor or the leadership is preaching unbiblical matters. Okay? They're, they're preaching falsehood. They're preaching heresy. A lot of that is, we can see in, in, in the Philippines, there is this uh, popular televangelist based in the South who says that, you know, I'm the uh, appointed son of God. You can only be saved when you become my member. And he likes adulation. He likes popular applause. He has lots of assets that he's displaying. So if that is what you see, the teaching is not squaring off with the Word of God, flee. Okay? That is not the true church. Second, good reason is when the teaching and the practice, okay, the doctrine and the, the practical application doesn't square up. There is something immoral about the lifestyle of the leadership in the church. So if that, you see that happen, you have every good reason to leave that church. There's another one that escapes me right now, but you know, I, I will come to that later. There's a third uh, good reason to leave the church. But those first two are very, you know, important for you to remember. 
If there are other reasons that they give, that you say, oh, I'm not growing in this church. Maybe they just want to church hop. They don't like your mock sermon. They want a mock Wendy's kind of sermon. they, They move on, leave, until they get satisfied. But there's really no commitment to the body of Christ. So, we need to be pure in our fellowship. The next slide, please, Ruben. Okay. Uh, I, in verse 22, it says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Verse 22. Be useful with God. You need to have a pure fellowship. You need to have a pure heart. He says here, flee. First thing we need to do is to say no. Say no to evil desires before we can do the right thing, okay? What are these evil desires of youth? Well, apparently, some uh, scholars say it could be youthful lusts, yeah? it could be sexual in nature, right? But there's more. It's not just sexual uh, things that, that youth struggle. Sometimes it is, you know, desire to be prideful, when, when, you're, when you're younger, you're more brash. You think, you know, you know all the answers to the world. You're, you don't want to hear from the older folks. Maybe that's what uh, Timothy, since he was young, was struggling with. Um, so it could be, you know, being prideful. It could be uh, the desire to fight. Okay? The desire to fight. To be quarrelsome. To prove that you're correct in every argument. Okay? So, say no to these things, but you want to pursue righteousness, which means right living. Okay? Clean uh, mean, meaning doing what the Lord wants you to do. Now, I want you to, I want us to, to look at a character in the Bible. Now, I've, I've uh, overlooked this guy. He's in the Old Testament. He's one of the ten spies. Are you familiar with the ten, uh, twelve spies of uh, uh, Moses? Okay. Out of the, okay, when, when Israel... Israelites were uh, coming out of Egypt. God provided for their food, the manna, the water. Okay? Their shoes did not wear out. They didn't have calluses while walking the desert. Okay? They had a pillar of cloud that the Lord provided. Okay? So they were about to enter the promised land. Okay? 
not even, maybe a couple of months of wandering in the desert. God said to Moses, okay, I'm commanding you, take 12 spies. Tell them to look at the land and make a report to you, what they find out about this land. And so, when they come back, okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If you just forward, we'll read from uh, Numbers. Okay, Caleb, okay, his name is Caleb. Okay, there are two uh, spies that, that lived to see Israel, the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. So let's look at his life. Caleb. Okay. So let me read this. So they, they looked at the land, and this is what they reported to Moses. They came back to Moses and the whole Israelite community in the desert. Then they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Okay? Next verse. They gave Moses his account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. So they showed the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. These are like the giants. Okay? Keep on. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Okay? So notice what Caleb does. He speaks. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Next verse. But the man who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Okay, 34. Okay, now, just pause there. So you see that the 10 were able to influence okay, the people, that we should not go there because although we, we have the fruit, the people living there are too big for us. They did not trust what God said. Go, and you, I will be with you, and you will be able to conquer this land. But Caleb gave a different answer. He said, we can certainly do it because God is with us. So, how did God look at his servant, Caleb? Let's see. God said, not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Okay? Look at verse 24. But because... No, no, go back. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Okay. Verse 24. Isn't that a pure heart? 
Huh? One who is devoted to God. One who is not hot one time and then cold the next time. One who is consistently following God, whether through good times or bad times. So because Caleb followed God, him and Joshua, only the two of them out of two million Israelites, because God was not delighted at them, because they tested them, those more, or more than almost two million did not reach and see the promised land. Only Caleb. So what does it mean for us to be like Caleb? To follow him wholeheartedly. Okay. Next slide. Uh, look at what happens. Uh, the next chapter. They said to each other, we should choose a leader. Just go back to Egypt. Uh, so on. Then Moses, Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. Okay? It's a sign of, you know, real mourning that, you know, we can do it. God is with us. And they said to the entire assembly, the land we passed through and explored is good. It's exceedingly good. So if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Okay? So look at the response. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Wanted to kill them. They were so positive about their report. And they had every reason to be confident that they would be able to conquer because God is with them. What are those things in your life that you're struggling with? May it be finances, may it be work. What is your attitude towards it? Do you have a good attitude? Do you believe that God is with you in your everyday walk with Him? Or do you sulk? Do you have a negative disposition towards life? You see, God is pleased with a servant who acknowledges Him, who believes that every Every obstacle, every problem is an opportunity waiting to be explored and to reap the benefits from it. Do you see a problem in every opportunity or do you see an opportunity in every problem? Okay? That's the whole Mindset that we need to change. We need to be useful to God. That he will use us like he used Caleb. Okay? Now, next week, we will see more about Caleb. 
At this time, he was only about 40 years old. Next week, we'll come back to him. He'll already be 85. Okay? And I, I uh, am excited to preach that, especially the older people here. Yeah? You will uh, identify with Caleb. Okay? So don't, don't, don't be gone uh, next week. All right. So, uh, next slide. So that's the wonderful verse. You may be in the minority and even go be against the flow. It doesn't mean that the Lord is not pleased with you. Okay. Sometimes, the first point, let, let me just expound on the first point. Sometimes you may perhaps be in the church and there is a proposal okay, that is good, okay, but the majority say, you know, we can't do it. But you see that God will be able to sustain you. It may look hard, but if it's done in His will, okay, some of you are just silent. Okay? You don't like to speak. Okay? I'm addressing you. Those of you who don't speak at all, that is the time to speak. Huh? Don't be silent because your silence means you're agreeing with them. But if it goes in the record that you spoke in faith, okay, then it, will, it cannot be held against you. Okay? Now, second thing. Okay, that's, that's the one part. The second part is, um, there are some of you, naman, yeah, who are too outspoken, who have every, you know, you have an opinion on everything, and you would like to be speaking, or would like to be heard all the time. Maybe that's the time for you to be silent. Okay? Ask the Lord to give you wisdom before you speak. Okay? Amen? Okay, now, second one, second application. You know what Caleb did? He, they were outnumbered, right? Only him and Joshua said, we can do it. But they were able to accept the sovereign will of God. What could Jacob, uh, Joshua and Caleb have done? Well, if, they, if you are some... If you are not following the Lord wholeheartedly, you will say, oh, they are all against us. Let's just leave. Let's just form our own church. <laughs> okay, let's leave these this, this guys. They are disobedient. So they guard against the temptation of, you know, and be able to discern that God allowed that so that he would punish these people who are disobedient to him. And then next week, we'll see the rewards that Caleb and Joshua received from the Lord. Okay, uh, we'll move on. Next one. Okay. Third, we need to have a discerning mind. In verse 23, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce... Quarrels. Okay. In a way, I did 
allude to this earlier when I talked about, you know, do I leave this church or not? You need to have a discerning mind. And number four, next, slide, uh, next quality, have a gentle manner. Ruben, you think I can have a bottle of water? Okay. Gentle manner. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Okay? A gentle manner. Um, if you notice Jesus Christ, he had... He, he was a very gentle man. But he had some strong words for the Pharisees, for the hypocrites. Now, why did he do this? He wanted, he loved them so that he wanted them to know the truth from error. He didn't want his fellow Israelites to follow blind guides, to fall into the ditch. Okay? The only instances where Jesus got angry, and that those were righteous anger, was when the house of God, the temple, was being made into a marketplace. And not, you know, a house of prayer. And so he overturned it. Okay? Did he do it for himself? No, he did that because he was consumed okay, for the glory of God. He wasn't defending himself. Okay? So that's, that's a mark of a useful servant. When you're, okay, when you're a leader... Perhaps in church, you're attacked. They make certain accusations against you. And first, of course, you have to check if there's an element of uh, a tinge of truth to those accusations. If not, how do you respond? Do you respond defensively and angrily? Okay. That is not what this verse is saying. We are to be gentle in the way that we respond. We are not to attack our brother or our sister, but we are to allow God, okay, in His time to defend us because the truth will come out. You don't have to defend yourself. Okay? And then last, you must have a humble spirit. In verse 25, those who oppose Him he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who have taken them captive to do his will. Okay. So we are to be humble in spirit, we must gently instruct those who oppose us. Okay. Uh,
It is interesting that Jesus described, you know, the, the pastor as a shepherd. Shepherd is one who leads. It's not a cowboy. A cowboy drives and uses a whip. No. A shepherd has to be gentle, leading his flock. And what is coming out in this verse is you're doing that. You're doing the gentle instruction because a brother or a sister has fallen by the wayside, has fallen into sin, and you want to be compassionate to them and tell them, your brother, you're going the wrong way. This is the right way to take. I'm doing it not to punish you or because I'm angry at you, but because I want to show my concern and love for you. Now, if you do that in a gentle way and they still oppose you, okay, that is between him and the Lord. But you have done your part and hope that when they come to their senses, okay, the Holy Spirit will convict them or their sin. It says here, they will be able to escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So, EGCF church family, as we have looked at this instruction by Paul to us. We want to be useful, right? We want to be a clean vessel. We want to be associated as a pure church. Okay? We want to be gentle and humble in our ways. We practice that. We can see God use us in greater ways, more than we can imagine. Okay? Now, let me just share with you Perhaps what I, I see as my vision for the church. When I left three years ago, I was commissioned, my wife and I were commissioned as your missionary pastors. Okay? Um, so my ministry in the Philippines mainly had to do with training and mentoring younger pastors. And earlier this year, we had a group, a, a missionary, a group of GGZ missionaries come to the Philippines, specifically to Baler, Aurora province, and explore church planting opportunities. And by God's grace, wisdom, we are going to do that. We're going to partner with the, uh, the church there and with the pastor to plant a church. God has blessed DGCF with a lot of resources. Okay. A lot of resources. I believe these resources are not to be used just to build a building. Okay. These resources are be used to expand his kingdom through church planting. Okay. So, you see the connection uh, although they're not here. Baler, we have 
John and John, uh, Barbara Sugitan, who is from Aurora. Okay? We have Pastor Chris here, he's from Cagayan. The other night, I just saw a pastor friend of mine say he wants to plant a church in Abulog, Cagayan. Okay? Maybe the God, God is telling us we ought to look at our places where we came from in the Philippines. Okay? And if there, you sense a, a burden that God is laying on your heart to partner there, to put the resources in the hands of, of a, a good, godly man to plant a church. Maybe that's the direction we, we have to be as a church, to plant churches in every province where we are represented in this congregation. And I challenge you, please pray for that. Because we, 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 we are, that's a big opportunity that God has put in, in my heart. I would be going more traveling, perhaps. More, I, I need to go to Bulacan. I need to go visit Pastor Ed Domingo. There are others of you who live in, in Pangasinan, who have other provinces. Think of ways, perhaps, where we can do church planting in the rural areas. We don't need so much in the big urban areas because there are a lot of churches there. But in the rural areas, that's where, you know, there's a need for church planting. So, God bless you, and uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for teaching us that we are to be connected with you. We are to be clean and holy vessels separated and prepared to do every good work. Lord, may it, this teaching not just remain in our head, but in our hearts and travel down to our hands and our feet as we obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, please pray. Um, uh, I have an opportunity in March of next year. I was uh, being asked to be a, a, a teacher, a mentor to a group of Christian leaders in China. Okay? So please pray for that.